My name is David Porter. I am the author of Five Minutes to Live. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to this podcast. Uh, just a few things to, to note. Um, in the description of the podcast, I've got the purchase link if you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live. I've also got my Facebook and Twitter links so you can find me. I'd love to hear from you. I'll interact with you. Um, the, the purpose of this podcast, we are reading through Five Minutes to Live chapter by chapter, releasing a new chapter each week, and I release them on Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. Central Time. Now, if you're here and you haven't started with the prologue, episode number one, go back, start there, or you're going to be completely lost. Please set the alert notification, whatever that looks like on your podcast of choice, so that when the new episode is released, it alerts you. Now, one other thing, Five Minutes to Live has a lot of footnotes. There are a lot of scientific references and a lot of Bible verses. In each episode, I'll list all of those footnotes so you'll have them. You can go back and research, read about the people, read about the articles, read about the science, and read the Bible verses. Finally, I've got a new book that I've finished writing. It's called 60 Seconds of Silence. It's not out yet, but as soon as it is, I'll go back and list the link so you can purchase it in the description of each episode as well. Now, with that, thanks for being here. Let's get to it. This is it. Chapter 29. This is the last chapter in the book, but stick around because I've got a an author's note that I wrote that I'm going to read after this chapter concludes. I hope you've enjoyed this journey we've been on through 29 chapters in 29 weeks. Um, and stick around for this author's note and start looking forward to 60 seconds of silence because I'm really, really excited about it. I just read through it again this weekend and uh, I'm really excited, really excited. So here we go. Chapter 29. Throughout the following hours, different people stopped into the hospital room. I saw people from the United States government, the CIA, the U.S. ambassador, and the like. I saw people from the Israeli government, the Mossad, and even a few historians. There were photographers and official state inquirers. Dr. Kaplan stayed with Jessica the entire time, helping to keep the crowds down and helping to direct, to steer all of our conversations. After everyone had left for the evening, after all the goodbyes were given, Jessica walked Dr. Kaplan to his car. A little while later, she came back into the room and lay down on the bed next to me. Jessica gently took my hand and said, I'm so proud of you. I've worked for Dr. Kaplan for years and tried to share my faith on numerous occasions. He was so uninterested. It was always like talking to a brick wall. I never understood why there was so much resistance whenever I tried to talk about God's goodness. I guess when someone deals with a devastating event, if they don't know any better, it's easy to blame God. Today was the first time I ever saw him speak of God in a good light. You did that for him. You helped him begin to see who God really is and what God's nature is really like. I squeezed her hand and said, God is so good, gentle, kind, loving. 
I'm sure at some point God's goodness will lead him, will will draw him closer. I think you and I will have a part to play in it. I smiled a sleepy smile. It had been a long day. Jessica said, I know you're very tired, Matt, but I want to ask you something. There's something I don't understand. I've gone through this story over and over with different groups, agencies, teams, and I haven't told them about this one thing. I saw something on that roof. I saw something that defies explanation. The explosives detonated and I punched Omar. I threw my best right cross and popped him in the cheek. Before he knew what had hit him, I took off at top speed. You, watching what was unfolding, ran right up to Omar and I watched him point the gun at you. I saw the two of you talk and then I watched him shoot you. I watched it. I watched him pull the trigger five times from point blank range. If he had been any closer, the gun would have been touching you. What I don't understand is, what in the world happened? How did he miss? I smiled and asked Jessica, Do you remember when I came up the elevator at your building? Jessica laughed and said, Now you are answering a question with a question. Yes, I remember. Omar had me on my knees and was pulling my hair. It's kind of hard to forget. When I was riding up the elevator, the Lord spoke a couple of things to me. He told me two things, to use my authority, and he said the name Terry Mize. Oh yeah, I remember you saying Terry Mize when you first saw us. I remember thinking, who is Terry Mize? Well, let me tell you. I said, Terry Mize is a missionary I saw one time. Now, he's been a missionary in several countries, but the story I'm most familiar with has to do with his time in Mexico. He was driving through a particularly barren and sparse region of the country when he saw a man hitchhiking. Reverend Mize decided it would be a great opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the man as they were driving through the country. What he didn't know was that the man had just escaped from prison. Before he really knew what was going on, the hitchhiker pulled a gun on Reverend Mize and forced him out of the car. <gasps> Jessica gasped. What happened? Reverend Mize said this with a gun in his face. Father, your word tells me that Jesus said that he gave me authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt me. That means this man... His gun, his bullets cannot hurt me. And therefore, if he pulls the trigger, you must do something with the bullets. I expect you to do something with the bullets. For your word's sake, not for my sake. Then he turned to the man and said, You cannot kill me. I have authority in this situation and you cannot kill me. The hitchhiker and Reverend Mize were standing nose to nose when the hitchhiker pulled the trigger. He emptied the gun into Reverend Mize's gut, except that none of the bullets made it to Reverend Mize. The bullets dropped at his feet. It was a miracle of epic proportions. 
As I was coming up the elevator, God reminded me of my authority, and he reminded me of Terry Mize. I expressed my authority, and I knew that God isn't a respecter of persons. That means if he'll do something for Terry Mize, he'll do it for me, too. I wish that I had asked you about this earlier, when Dr. Kaplan was still here. I wish he had heard about how God rescued you. I think you'll really have a chance to minister to him, to show him how good God is, how much God loves everyone. God isn't out to get people. He's not looking to squash them like a bug. He is a loving, compassionate God. In fact, he loved us so much, and he hated that sin had separated him from us so much that he sent his son to fix the connection. I wish that Dr. Kaplan had gotten to hear your story. Jessica, I said, I'll tell him tomorrow if you want. Oh, yeah, duh. We both gave a tired chuckle. It had been a long day for the both of us. I asked Jessica to turn on the television and find something I could drift off to sleep watching. We flipped the channels for a few minutes and Jess found a movie, Seven Days in Entebbe, that was just starting. The opening scene showed a group of professional Israeli dancers sitting in a semicircle beginning the rehearsal of their performance. As they began their dance, block letters appeared in the empty spaces on the screen. It read, In 1947, the state of Israel was recognized by the United Nations. Immediately, the Palestinians began fighting for the return of their land. They were joined by left-wing revolutionary groups from around the world. They carried out attacks on Israeli civilians. They called themselves freedom fighters. The Israelis called them terrorists. I turned to Jess and said, it's been over 70 years and nothing seems to have changed. Israel just wants to live in peace for her citizens to be safe and to be left alone. I think I've had enough of this conflict for a while. Do you mind if we find something else to watch? Jessica smiled and said, Oh, thank goodness. She picked up the remote and began flipping channels again. I thought to myself, It's such a shame that the Israeli people haven't been able to change the channel on this conflict and live a peaceful life with their neighboring countries. It's amazing. Hate breeds hate in other countries. But the Israelis don't hate their enemies. They just want to be left alone. They just want peace. There were so many things going through my mind, so many things I was thinking about, that I wasn't sure that I would be able to fall asleep. Again, I was reminded of a Bible verse from the book of Matthew. It says, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I began to focus on God's goodness, on the things that He had done for me and Jessica, on His mercy and grace in our lives. Jessica continued to flip channels, but I fell asleep before she found what she wanted to watch. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. 1 Chronicles 16.34 2 Chronicles 5.13 
2 Chronicles 7, 3, Ezra 3, 11, Psalm 100, verse 5, Psalm 106, verse 1, Psalm 107, verse 1, Psalm 109, verse 21, Psalm 118, verse 1, Psalm 118, verse 29, Psalm 136, verse 1, Jeremiah 33, 11. The end. Final word. This is the note from me, David Porter, the author, to you, the podcast listener. Or if you choose to read along with me, here's what it says. Dear reader, thank you for finishing this book. I hope you enjoy the thrill and adventure of it. But more importantly, I hope you understood something that I genuinely believe. God loves you, and he genuinely wants the best for you. He's not mad, upset, or disappointed with you. It doesn't matter what you have done in your past. Just as with Matthew Davenport and Jessica Adams, God wants a relationship with you. And in order to have that relationship with you, he was willing to sacrifice everything, even his son, Jesus. You don't have to do anything to earn that relationship or even prove you're worthy of it. All you have to do is accept it. A relationship takes two, and God is ready and willing if you are. Starting that relationship is as easy as saying something like this. God, I want a relationship with you, and I believe we can have that relationship. I believe Jesus made a way, even if I don't understand it. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he made a way for us to communicate. I want to be saved from a life without you in it. It really is that simple. You might not feel any different physically after saying that prayer, but if you truly believe that you have a relationship with God, I promise God is moving to make himself known to you, just like he did with me and with our book's hero, Matt Davenport. It doesn't matter what you feel like. God is making a new life with you and in you. Now you are connected with God, and in his eyes, you are completely new. One translation of the Bible says it this way. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ Jesus has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. You are starting a brand new journey as a brand new person connected to God and his brand new in his eyes. That's the good news of the gospel. Finally, if you prayed that, especially if you prayed it for the first time, let someone know or, or let me know. I have a contact me page on my website, davidporterbooks.com, and I would love to hear from you. And then I've listed some supporting scriptures here. God is love, 1 John 4, 8. For God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting God, life. For God sent his son, Jesus, into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's John three sixteen and 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. 
The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And then finally, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.13. I hope you've enjoyed this journey. I hope you enjoyed the book. And I hope you're looking forward to 60 Seconds of Silence. Please reach out to me, especially if you've prayed this prayer. I look forward to continuing this podcast once the next book is out. God bless you in all that you do. If you're still here, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that reading. If you want to purchase 5 Minutes to Live, the link is in the description below, and you can find my Facebook and Twitter links there as well. Drop me a line. Please subscribe and hit the bell so you know when the next chapter is released, and if you're enjoying this, please share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.